Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Secure Chat Podcast. Today we are doing Season 3, Episode 5, and we will be talking about a 60 Minutes piece that is all about uh, what Russia is doing from a hacking perspective. So, as always, I am joined by Aaron, who was recently promoted to our Operations Manager here at Archon. So, congratulations, Aaron. Yeah, thanks. How are you doing today? I was actually meaning to talk to you about that. I I think my rate needs to go up yeah i'm you know a little bit higher caliber yeah now yeah no it might be harder to get you on a podcast now that you're important we'll we'll negotiate that later (laughs) my people call your people (laughs) perfect perfect so just to jump right into it um it was a couple weeks ago on 60 minutes there was a piece uh generally just about the hacking that russia is doing specifically with ukraine uh just because that's a hot topic but it goes into things that they've done in the u.s as well um it was a very cool piece to watch it was consumable um and broken down very well Aaron, did you or did you get a chance to to look at it at all yeah um obviously there's aspects of it that are terrifying yeah you know what's going on in ukraine to begin with and the ramifications that that has uh on the world and you know the u.s specifically i mean we have you know, even at Archon, we have clients all over the world, and we're trying to, you know, think about the implications of all of that too. So, watching it through that lens is always interesting and a little bit scary too. But also, like, all right, let's it's time to put on our big boy pants and get to work. Yeah. So one thing I think is very interesting about the sixty minute minutes piece was when they started with Jen Easterly, who is running a campaign called Shields Up. Uh, she's a government employee that works heavily with protecting against uh, cyber attacks and launched this campaign to get people informed about some of the simple things that they can do around these big, scary problems. And Aaron, what were some of the things that, that you heard her say that we could do to, to protect ourselves against this? Yeah, I mean, the simplest takeaway is, you know, that nothing's 100% safe, mm-hmm. you know, and the things that you would expect and maybe even the things you wouldn't expect, but definitely, you know, the financial industries, you know, banks, things like that, um, stock market, you know, um, areas, power plants, yeah. power plants, but even down to gas pumps, yeah, uh, grocery stores, you know, things like that that maybe we don't even think about or just take for granted that they're always there and always working, you know, so... You know, I don't think the point of the piece was to panic and run out and you know, take your money out of all the banks and stock up your uh, bunker with all the food and everything. You know, I think that the the point was just be on guard, you know, it was a shields up mentality. And yeah, I think, I think the biggest takeaway and one of the simplest things was MFA. Yep. And we've talked about that on here a lot, but just getting that enabled on as many things as you can. Um, You know, I've heard it, heard it said a couple different ways, but you know, the amount of protection that that simple 
you know, a lot of times it's just a toggle on yep. in an environment or it's an option in one of your sign-ins. Um, is it an extra step when you have to sign in? Yeah, but it's a step that only you can answer. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's really convenient too when it comes to things. Uh, think about some of the logins you have to email or even, you know, if you're a ComEd uh, customer and you need to keep the lights on. Uh, those types of things have multi-factor already built into the program. So, one, you know, one of the first things that she mentioned about the Shields Up campaign is the importance of multi-factor authentication, where it's a simple step for every user. Um, and it, again, like you said, it doesn't 100% protect you from anything that might happen in the world, but it is a fact that you are safer than you were before once you enable multi-factor authentication. And for a topic that's generally a little scary, um, I think multi-factor is a very simple thing you can put in place to uh, help have security as you you know surf the web. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a cell phone in their hands these days. That, in a sense, becomes your keychain. Now, is that hackable? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but... You know, you have to have things in place. Um, but again, as long as you're in possession of that device, that kind of becomes just such an easy tool to use and a secure tool um, that I think just gets overlooked sometimes because eh, that's an extra step. I don't want to deal with that every time. Yeah. And one thing I thought was really interesting about what she said was when she talked about keeping software up to date, because that's another one of those simple things that... Um, everyone should be doing, but I think could get overlooked by just the common computer user from a day to day. Um, we've all been in Google Chrome before where in the top right hand corner, it says update, but we have 12 tabs open and we're not ready to exit out and restart it. Um, but just even keeping software up to date is a very important measure that is simple for users to, to do on their computers that can provide that extra measure of safety. Yeah, and I mean, I'm probably going to do this a lot in this episode, but I'm just going to point back to, you know, when we've talked about some of the cloud stuff. Yeah. And just the advantage of moving to that, where you, the responsibility to keep things up to date is now no longer on you anymore. Yeah. You know, so there may be big security risks that come up that you didn't even know about, but the company that manages that is already handling it. Exactly. And then they release the updates. And if you have things automatically set to update or whatever, you know, it's just handled already. It's so yeah. much better than the days of the on-prem having to keep up with these things. Yeah. And when uh, in, in this example, when you say cloud, I think for the typical kind of end user, when people think of the cloud, it's like uh big IT kind of concept to them of, of what they're doing. But that can be something as simple as having a file on your computer that has your social security number and your bank account in it. And kind of the on-prem version of that would be keeping it inside of your documents. And then you're responsible for applying updates to your computer where, you know, if you want to put it in the cloud, what that would be is uploading it to OneDrive and turning multi-factor authentication on. So Microsoft would handle the updates when it comes to uh, updating OneDrive itself. And that would no longer be on the end user to update. Yeah, for sure. I think that, yeah, the, it's easy enough for people to get into the mindset that, oh, there's other people dealing with that, so I don't need to worry about that. And I know that that kind of goes back to what I was just talking about, but there is also an end user responsibility to keep up with that too, for sure. 
Yeah, and then going into the second person that was on the 60-minute segment, his name is Robert Lee, and I thought he brought up some very interesting points about then what Russia is doing specifically with critical infrastructure. Um, And Robert Lee is former NSA hacker, and he's the co-founder of Dragos, which is a cybersecurity company. And he went into detail about um, specifically when Russia broke into three different power companies across Ukraine, and that was six months ahead of the, the actual attack. So the reason why his piece was interesting is the fact that they were targeting critical infrastructure. So, Aaron, would you want to give a little bit more context around what Robert Lee found with what Russia was doing with those power companies? Yeah, I mean, this was even pre, you know, official strike. So you've got um, actual uh, attacks that were happening to the power infrastructure and they were shutting down uh, grids all over the country. Uh, so much so that I think the total number ended up being impacted was like 225,000 people Yep. in the middle of winter in Ukraine, you know, so it doesn't sound like ideal time for you to lose power. <laughs> and so they knew what they were doing. You know, this yeah. is very intentional. Um, and it, it wasn't a, a super crazy thing. You know, they weren't blowing up power centers, but all they were doing was shutting them down. And, and what they were doing was people didn't have access to the infrastructure anymore and they had to send literally had to send people out to every site and manually turn them back on yeah and what's what's so crazy about it is targeting critical infrastructure is kind of a new concept uh it's not it hasn't popped up in the last month but we also haven't you know seen it for for all of the time of computers but what it shows is that they had the ability to get into critical infrastructure so if if the beginning is just shutting down power plants why someone in cybersecurity would kind of perk their ears up at that is, well, what does that grow into? I think, again, it's easy to look at those things and think, wow, that, you know, I couldn't even imagine. And if, if I'm putting trust in my power company to have things covered and then the, the, that happens, who can I trust anymore, you know? But I think that that's just the reality of it. Like, you have to live in a in a healthy state of understanding that, things can always happen mm-hmm. you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah you know things are going to people are always going to find new ways to do things that's just the reality of it but that doesn't mean again that we are lazy about it either and people who are in security people who are in it that even goes back to what jen was talking about with shields up yeah. you know it's it takes it takes action from everybody and it's not a offensive like we've already been attacked so oh by the way we should probably put our shields up no it's like we're just expecting that something could happen yep and so like let's beef up our security already to make sure that that doesn't happen and and i think that to that point too there's a lot to be said for that mentality of it probably will never happen to me well i think that that's a little bit dangerous when you start going down that road because I think hackers are looking for people like that. For sure. So Yeah, and it's always just getting to that proactive state of mind versus reactive state of mind because uh, what we're seeing is the effort it takes to be proactive is a lot smaller than the effort, effort it takes to clean up 
when you have a reactive mindset. So it's always good to just be as proactive as possible. Um, oh, and Robert Lee within his piece specifically was talking about some things dating back to 2014. So it's not a completely new concept to us, but now we're seeing it more regularly and a bit more advanced than we were. So it's always just an interesting topic to, to keep your mind on. Yeah. And I think to the big takeaway from some of those things is knowing that, you know, it's terrible when those things happen, but we learn from those types of things and we start to think a little bit differently about things and can then get back to a state of being more proactive and then reactive. Um, so in some ways they're doing us a favor, but it just helps us to get to a better state where, oh yeah, we probably should start to pay some attention to those things. Yeah, hundred percent. So then taking what we're seeing in the piece so far and relating it kind of back home, I thought Lisa Monaco did a really good job at talking about now what is Russia doing with uh, U.S. And, and kind of how is it similar to what's going on in Ukraine and, and how is it different? Um, we've seen some compromises in the U.S. that have been able to be traced back to Russia. I think Solar Winds is a good example. Um, but Lisa Monaco explained that basically what we're seeing more day to day is would be like if a burglar was going to houses and just twisting on the doorknob to see if it was open, just kind of getting an intel of what's going on. Um, and I think what's really interesting is then she's able to her and her team are able to then take kind of the the traces of people going through and and uh, trying to open up doors and they're able to put preventative uh, preventative things in place to make sure that doesn't happen in the future. Yeah. And I just, you know, here I'll throw in a shameless plug for Archon Sock and, <laughs> and things like that because, you know, that's what we do. We're essentially doing the same thing, just not from a criminal standpoint. Yeah. You know, we're going into these environments, jiggling the locks to see what's open, what's not. You know, that's pen testing, that's vulnerability reports. Uh, you know, and then we have the proactive side of things with Sim and, you know, uh, silence and things like that so i just think it's it's a huge thing we said it in our last in our past episodes we'll say it over and over again it gets overlooked but it's such a such a needed thing when you're thinking about even stuff like this yeah and relating that back into like a corporate context uh obviously this when she's talking about it it's in respects to critical infrastructure but from like a corporate context I was when I heard her talk, it reminded me of the rapid seven vulnerability reports that we generate where that's kind of going and jiggling on the locks of more operating systems and applications. And it gives you an easy to read report of basically the versions of the applications you're on or the versions of the operating systems you're on and what the potential threats that opens you up to. Mm -hmm. um, that's an easy way for a business to go from a reactive mindset to a proactive mindset where they bring in a team that's dedicated to uh, this topic and they're able to kind of jiggle those locks for you, put a plan in place to remediate it. So then you never have to be react or you don't have to be reactive in a scenario like yeah. that. Whether you're an Archon customer or not, I think that you have to put a lot of trust into someone who's kind of got your back, who's being diligent with the information that is out there. You know, there are organizations they are constantly putting out security threats that are coming across, you know, windows, firewalls, 
switches, you know, popular vendors. Uh, so I, I think that that's just so important. And, you know, getting getting people like that in your team who are, are looking out for those types of things. You know, again, we may not be the exact subject of attack for, you know, a whole country, but there are certain individuals. There's even people within our own countries that are trying to get into things. So, you know, we just always have to be on the, you know, we just always have to have our shields up and thinking about those things. And then the, the closing interview on the 60 Minutes piece that I thought was really interesting was Dmitry Alperovich, who is the co-founder of CrowdStrike. And he is someone who is very keen with what Russia has done in the past. Um, as someone with CrowdStrike, he's definitely seen the tactics that they've had and and knows them very well. Um, but it was very encouraging to hear from this piece that is makes you kind of scared and all you hear is that you can put up multi-factor authentication to protect yourself from it. Uh, he kind of came in with the big guns and was like, nah, we'll just take them down. No problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so it was really interesting to get his perspective on if we see Russia do more than just kind of jiggle the locks on U.S. soil, what would, you know, what would be a retaliation from the U.S.? And one thing I thought that was interesting that he brought up was just he would was saying just taking down their Internet for a brief period of time just to let them know what we would be able to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it is super scary when you think about it. And if you spend all day thinking about it, you're going to be in a pretty dark place. Yeah. But, you know, I do think that at the end of the day, you. You have to, like I said, make sure that you've got those people in your team that are, are being proactive about those things. And a lot of it is just trusting that there are, you know, the cybersecurity division in our country, I'm sure, is top in the world, you mm-hmm. know. So just the type of stuff that that gets dealt with on a daily basis that we don't even think about. Um, I think there's also some peace in that. And yeah. You know, just ignorance is bliss, letting letting us know that, you know, yeah, that stuff's happening and it could happen, you know, but at the same time, we can't live our lives expecting that that's going to happen every day either. Yeah, exactly. And and one thing that was really uh, unique about the piece was just uh, seeing the first time really where the Internet's coming into play with uh, issues that are happening between countries. So we haven't really seen in the past where... Uh, oh, if if a war was to break out, that it is a possibility that through the internet, you know, you could be affected by it. Mm-hmm. So, I think that it is a bit scary just because it it's so new. But it's always good to know that there are smart people on our side mm-hmm. that are doing campaigns like Shields Up to to sh- to tell us, you know, how we can protect ourselves. And then we have people like Dimitri just saying we'll take down everyone. If yeah, that, if they're that. putting those security measures in place too. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, they're not putting all the pressure on us as end users or, you know, as MSPs or socks, you know, things like that, that are um, trying to be proactive about these things. There are big time measures being put in place too yeah. to help protect us. So there's some peace in that as well. And I think one thing that's good to always keep in mind is that there there is kind of strength in numbers in the sense of, yeah, let's say my combat account is very important to me and I don't want that to be compromised. But the amount of people in the U.S. that have combat accounts or, you know, something similar in that nature where um, it's not, you know, we aren't the only ones. Uh, we're not 
it'd be a very rare case where you're being specifically targeted. So there should be a little bit in comfort in the fact of, of how many people there are to be compromised. Um, there's, you know, you have a lower percentage chance of it happening to you. That obviously doesn't mean you can be ignorant towards the situation and just think there's so many people that it'll never happen to you. You should still be taking precautionary measures to protect your self-interest in certain scenarios. But um, with everything that's so new and, and things changing so quickly, it's always I always like to tell myself that there's, you know, so many of us in this world that it would take a lot for someone to target me specifically. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know why anyone would go after you you're a really boring person <laughs> yeah. i got nothing <laughs> no I, I think i live under a bridge <laughs> i think for sure you know there's you can kind of hide in the numbers a little bit too yeah. and and find some peace in that and you know but it, the reality is we do need to be it needs to be in our radar at least you know we need to be aware uh obviously i think unless you truly do live under a rock or a bridge everyone knows there's combat going on in ukraine mm -hmm. that is going to have all kinds of ramifications implications um not only just through cybersecurity, but you know the sanctions that are being put in place and things like that so you know we're going to feel an impact regardless but i think the whole point is to try and limit that impact as much as possible 100 percent, and it was a very interesting piece and they go into a lot more detail than even what we've done in this recap so i urge everyone to look up the the shields up 60 minute piece and uh, they have an article that that you're able to read through uh, if you want to get kind of an idea of what they were talking about or if you want to watch the full piece i think there's a lot of good information um that will just kind of help you have peace of mind in some uncertain times as always, guys, I appreciate you listening, and I want to congratulate Aaron again for becoming the operations manager, and I want to thank Danny, as always, for producing the podcast, because there are si times that we don't give her much to work with. <laughs> awesome. So please join us next month for episode six of season three. Thank you very much, guys. I want some